I am here with the lovely, talented, and creative Tanya Sawyer, who is still married to me even after I, I took to all that you? time to I what? Say, what am you I supposed to say about you? I don't know. Last week you were very kind to me. We did our whole um, brain tumor. What? <laughs> The best thing about we recording these in the afternoon tumor? is we are already brain dead. So it's well, much more entertaining true. if you really stop listening. We did our whole um, epinephrine and uh, well, brain chemical. Mean. Chemical, endorphins, epinephrine, and apparently... Which I think they're um, hormones, aren't they? Or, right? Yeah, they're yeah they're released when you do certain things. Oxytocin we did a little test. and Oxycontin, oxy not oxytocin. Or oxytocin. <laughs> <laughs> the other way around. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think someone made a comment in the comments about that they agreed with the oxycotton a lot more than oxytocin. Um, but the uh, that's kind of scary. So yeah, we 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 talked about a lot, and we talked about um, what was it we talked about last week? <laughs> Easter was that Easter? I don't know. Anyway, no, we talked about uh, socialization. Oh, that's right, socialization and homeschooling. How do we help children go from childhood to adulthood to function? And if they don't go to school, will they be? Mm -hmm. lacking the ability to function in society. So today, I think we should talk about functioning in society too, <laughs> but from a different angle. Like what does it look like to be emotionally mature? Because when you think about it, I was I was looking at the, it went away. I was looking at the scripture earlier tonight. And um, the when you, when you look at the emotions in, in history, uh, oftentimes, and especially in American culture, we interpret, we say uh, the heart, you know, is if you love someone, you, you love them from the like bottom of your heart. You know, if they're... Was, was it Brazil? They say lungs or something? No, it was... From the um, bottom of your lungs. It was, yeah, in lungs. And then some, uh, was it... Sometimes it's kidneys or something. There was the liver in one. Oh, you know, yeah. I love you from the bottom of my liver. Was that... That was Gigi that Gigi told Wheeler, that, yeah. She it? she was one of our missionaries. And she's from the islands, Pacific um, Islands, I believe. Is that where she was at? She was yeah, raised was in a headhunter head island. Tribe, yeah, tribe. she grew up in a place where she was had people guarding her so someone wouldn't come and lop her head off in the middle of the night to prove their masculinity. Yeah, they talked about their liver from the heart of my liver. Yeah, her her, <laughs> the liver her liver. parents <laughs> were Bible translators for um, New Tribes missions, mm -hmm. and they would so they went and they that's what she translated. So, but for the Greek culture and the mindset that comes through our culture and stuff, we see emotions as seated in the heart, and so the Bible translates things about from when I'm, when you read in the bible about heart or in any of our common literature heart is always is tied to yeah, the emotions the seat of the emotions the seat of the emotions is the heart and and i was thinking in jeremiah 17:9 says the heart is more deceitful than anything else and <laughs> incurable um it was, and then it says who can understand it i just what does that mean so it means that the heart is a liar more than anything else. You know, your emotions will lie to okay, you more than say, anything else. Does that else. mean your emotions are lying to you? Yeah, that's what it means. That's what the saying. Because it sounds like, I don't know, what does it sound like? Your heart is associated with your loves or your uh, desires or your, um, like the, the innermost part of you, you know, what runs you, what like your soul or something. So, but so we're, we're thinking that it's more, descriptive term would be all of the emotional capacity we have maybe is that what we're saying or well the the emotions that run on the surface or whatever it, it, i think <laughs> that what the, the author is getting at here is the idea that that your emotions are not a good place to govern from your behavior from because they're a reaction um to things that are going on inside of you and uh so th that's okay. why he ends it with who can understand it. In other words, your emotions are going to do what your emotions are going to do. Um, and you can't. He he's saying do they're Do we incurable. know what the, is this the, 
What book was that from? Jeremiah seventeen nine. Um, so it's the Old Testament. So it's mm-hmm. it's the Hebrew term. I wonder what the actual Hebrew term is descriptive of there, because it makes me think maybe that it could also be referring to the seat of the desires, like the seat of who of of your. Um, so we would say emotions, and you're using them the kind of as reactionary. Uh, reactionary feelings right but I wonder if it also could or could maybe more realistically be that your heart the desires your inmost desires that's maybe what's uh, I don't know I'd I'd like to understand that a little bit heart from the Hebrew um, one's inner self inclination disposition determination courage will intention attention consideration reason the inner man the mind the will so those are yeah so that's what are, I was it's, saying. it's the the inner man or the the driver of who you are um you know i don't think it distracts from the concept of emotions yeah, no both it's both and because we know that most of the time that's what's living on the surface is those the description here of what our emotions are going to respond to would be of these things right say those again that you were well, okay, so keep in mind that words can be used for multiple things. So in this context, it's looking at the inner man or your... or your, um, Read those your, that you said just uh, a minute ago. Uh, inner self, inclination, disposition, determination, yeah. courage, will, intention, attention, consideration, or reason. Well, because what comes to my mind is there's also another scripture that says God um, wants to... It's, it's Psalm 34, I think, one of my favorite... Uh, And I say that it's 34, but it might actually be 37. Trust in the Lord and do what is good. Dwell in the land and live securely. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. I've always used that understanding as it's not this type of heart that we're dealing with. It's not my, I don't want my own inclinations, my disposition, my determinations, my own courage. I don't really, ultimately I know that God has said those are not going to fulfill me. But if I'm taking delight in him and he gives me the desires of my heart, then my heart has changed. My heart now is ruled by him. So I think there's some, there's some parallels here with emotions. Like you just said, the emotions that run on the surface of humans should not determine, like that scripture says, uh, really anything about life because it's it's going to lie to us. But so is our own desires, our own selfish inclinations, our own um, uh, whims about who we think we are, and our own even our own courage or our own, uh, you know. A, Whatever some of those other words were. <laughs> well, there's a lot. I mean, it's will, simple. Right? You're, it's your inner man. I mean, if that, I think when as I'm looking at the definitions, you know, the inner man is deceitful more than anything else. Yeah. We lie to ourselves. The Bible also tells us, you know, the, the man who takes up his own counsel is a fool. It's death. It's death leading. Exactly. And so, you know, what you have with Jeremiah is he's saying, you know, the inner man of a person's inner man is deceitful because if we're just operating on our own soul, our own inner man, then we're going to find ourselves reacting. And if we action mm-hmm. out of how we're feeling, then we're going to find ourselves acting poorly. Um, not uh, not always, but in, in, in negative times, we're going to likely be well, negative in our behavior. Another example um, is uh, Psalm 143, 4. My spirit is weak within me. My heart is overcome with dismay. My inner, my inner man is just pressed. 
he's talking about depression there, mm -hmm. you know? And so he's just, it's, it's, and it's just saying that, you know, how I'm feeling right now is, is, is heavy, is weighted down. It's, it's sad. It's depressed. So it's not, it's not a bad thing. Emotions are a thing. No, um, emotions a aren't a bad thing, but the heart and the way we trust our own selves, our own inclinations, our own emotions, if you will, but emotions still to me are surface. And this is what I was going to say was we, this scripture, the heart is deceitful above all else. To me, it's, it's meaning that there's nothing under that. that there's, if there's nothing that's uh, deeper than those initial, whatever it might be, reactionary emotions, or if it, or if it's instead maybe even just our own, this is the way I think about something, or this is the way you know, right. this is the way I've always thought about something, or whatever it might be, opinions even. If there's nothing deeper than that, that kind of has a gives it a construct, gives it boundaries, gives it some sort of uh, found, literal foundation then what do we think we're emoting about in the first place? You know, it's well, like... Well, okay, so this brings me to the thing. Let's, I want to talk about, a little bit about psychology for a second, and then I want to get back into this. But pop psychology, as it were, or just psychology. But uh, the idea is not so much... We, we've started talking about this and defining this. So what do we do with our inner man? You know, how do we live about our inner man? And the, one of the more, um, more recent things that has come out in psychology is the concept of emotional... Um, intelligence or emotional maturity. Um, you and I were looking at that a minute ago, and I think we, I looked up a definition of it. Emotional intelligence is the capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions, and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. In other words, it's the ability to know who you are in a room and how to act in such a way that you benefit the room, not destroy the room. Um, you know, you're, you're cons and, and that's how I would see it because I mean, some people could be fully aware of who they are in a room and their full intention is to destroy the room, but, <laughs> right. but you know, you want to, but the, the well, definition is, um, uses empathetic. And so the idea is to be empathetic towards other people and to be intelligent about that is to understand your identity. And that's what I want us to, to get into. Know thyself, yeah, to, to know who, to know what, what's going on in here. Like yeah. I just read David, he knew his heart was sick. Yeah. But what do you do right. with that? This is another angle on that is emotional maturity, you had said earlier. Mm -hmm. In other words, it says emotional maturity is when someone can manage their emotions no matter their circumstances. They know how to respond to tough situations and still keep their cool. It's a skill set that can you can consistently work on over time. So I guess meaning that if you've got some intelligence about who you are, maybe what settings you might or might not react certain ways in... It doesn't, emotional maturity would say don't avoid those. It would say train yourself how to react to them or how to how to grow up in that or how to uh, realize who you are in this given setting. And like you said, and like you have said in the past, how you affect others in the room and how, and how you're responding to others. I think sometimes it's hard to know how you affect others. I think that's a little bit of a difficult because you can't get outside of your body and kind of watch, you know. Well, it is, but that's the, but, that's the whole idea of, of being mature or intellectual, emotional intellect. Your your EQ or your is is to say that you're you're <laughs> your um, you're not just aware, but you are able to um, take captive your own emotions and and be able to and. We were talking about this with some other folks this morning, and and one of the things that came out of that, and I never got to say it, was the emotional maturity or identity is to be able to capture yourself in a moment and rein it in and ask yourself the question, what am I doing here? And then know what 
to do. That's mm-hmm. maturity. That's you're, you're, you are in control of the moment in yourself rather than allowing um, the moment to seize you to control and run you, over you. And maybe we live in a culture that emotion, I mean, mm-hmm. there's riots. That's just emotional. I mean, people literally use emotional immaturity to whip up violence. And you know, if um, my mother and I were sitting here talking about this, I know what we would be talking about. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to be teaching a literal five and under year olds yeah, how to get, con- yes, how to get control, how to yield control, how to allow um, someone else to be in charge or to tell you what to do and not uh, throw fits. You know, this this generation has gotten so bad about everything's abuse it seems like so you can't even discipline your child you can't even teach your child the word no or how to stop himself from ruining someone else's day or from you know taking whatever isn't his those kinds of things but those are basic things that we learn when we're really young that uh, that govern us at that we will emotionally mature into as adults but i think that's a big part of the issue the bible even addresses that there'll be times where you know people are going to be um going against their parents going i mean basically making fools of themselves and it and it will be it will seem okay it will be uh judged as not you know wrong will seem right and right will seem wrong that's what it kind of feels like right now there's so many of those ramifications i guess is what i'm trying to say we talked about socializing kids last year last podcast and I think that's the biggest part of it is are we teaching children how to handle what they face or are we teaching them that they're victims of what they face? Mm-hmm. You know, that, um, oh, that person hurt you. Well, let's just go home and pout about it or something. Or are, or could we figure out who's to, you know, whose side? In fact, almost in every giving situation, including marriage, marriage is probably one of the biggest ones, there are two sides to the story and probably both have validity. Validity. There's almost never just one side is right or just one side is wrong. There, there's almost never that situation because we're talking about humans. We're talking about interaction and relationships. So if you're teaching children how to interact with others, you're teaching them, first of all, to take responsibility, responsibility for their own emotions and for their own behaviors in given settings to allow a, another child or another human to exist and make a mistake knowing that you make mistakes but also how to how to ask forgiveness how to give forgiveness and then how to interact after that how to go on about life cuz those are just momentary things and i think so much of parenting these days is just to kind of placate to a child that well were they you know bullying you or were they doing this or were they doing this and it's not teaching our children how to be um, how to be who they need to be in a given situation right. so they can mature into their own emotions and understand them, like you said, how how they affect others. Well, we spend a lot of time trying to focus on ourselves <laughs> and not our communities. Mm-hmm. We're more concerned in our culture, I think, of, you know, how can I be happy, not how can I right. be um, a contributing part of the community. Understanding happiness right. is a byproduct and so mm-hmm. we, we we're trying to pursue things that make the byproduct happen. That's to, to some degree that's no much that's not much different than well if I take this drug that makes me feel good then <laughs> you know if we but we can do that with relationships we can do that with work we can do that with Absolutely. all kinds of things. One we of the things ourselves. I want to get to this the emotional IQ thing is I want to talk about the difference real f- for a minute about psychology 
um, and uh, the world uh, world view of these things. And we've all these tests, like emotional intelligence, is a new thing or a fairly new thing. Anyway, it's been around for a little bit, but um, the that we use these things as an excuse. I'm just that way, you know. And the biggest one uh, lately is kind of funny. We laugh about the fact the enneagram thing that came out. It's like, yeah. well, I'm a three, so I can just be a jerk, <laughs> um, and that's just who I am. No, that's not what it is. We want you to mature with an understanding of the foundation. I mean, psychology gives us a lot of things. The best thing science can do is is identify a thing, and yeah. um, and psychology is, if, if if anything, is still not. It's a liberal art, from what I understand, <laughs> more than it is a science. Instead of science. Yeah, because it's scientific in some regards, Because science is supposed to be always discovering. Yeah. yeah, well, it's observable. <laughs> and psychology is not terribly... It's You can observe <laughs> the, the results of psychology. Mm-hmm. You know, if I For do sure. the, this, then this will happen. So it has the ability to do this. So it's always been an argument about what kind of science is involved in it. But nonetheless, it's real. The Jeremiah mm-hmm. opening that I gave you today is... What is that? The concern of the inner man. The, sci- the, the psychologist is looking to understand what's happening and driving the inner man. And, mm-hmm. of course, Jeremiah asked the, pit, the probing question, who can understand it? Right. Nobody, really, because it doesn't make any sense. As soon as you figured something out, then something else has come along. Now. Well, and, and that's talking about our desires. Who even really knows what they want these days? <laughs> you know, right. who, like you said, who teases themselves with this and then no no that's actually what i want no i think that's what i want (laughs) well i mean okay so on the psychology thing what i want what i want to point out here is i don't think it's bad for us to know excuse me to know labels in other words um you've got all these theories maslow's hierarchy of needs and and uh, we talked about that a little bit today and um earlier today and you've got the emotional intelligence you've got discs profile you've got profiles you've got Mm -hmm. the the um what's the uh the Myers Briggs and all of these per- yeah. uh, uh, strengths we had binders. The, we uh, had the two sides of love and, uh, <laughs> and, we, had, and we had all these uh, marital tools. Yeah. Like, well, um, no, but the two sides of love was a personality thing. Remember? Personality thing. It was the thing. four different yeah, animals. Yeah. And, and so there's a whole lot of things out there like that. I, I think the thing I want us to understand is it's one thing becoming, there's, there's a lot of refreshment in understanding yourself better. In other words, you have that moment, you go, Oh, that's why I do what I do. That's why I am the way I am. Yeah. But, that doesn't mean that you are just this thing and therefore you stay this thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, so now you've labeled it. Now you understand why. The question for us as believers or the question for anyone who wants to have emotional intelligence is, okay, now you know why you do what you do. How do you move to a healthy thing to do? All right. I would take issue with that. I think the emotional intelligence says what you do. Here's what I do. Do they really let you figure out why you do what you do? Because <laughs> I think the bottom line to a lot of personality slants and things that come innately with that is understand, like you just said, understanding this is how I react or this is whatever. But the problem with the why is that we're all broken and we all actually need We understand that, but I think, I think honestly that's what I'm mm-hmm. getting yeah. at is that science is saying... Yeah. This is why you do what you do. And we're, we, you and I are arguing, no, you can't get to the why. A man cannot understand why man does what man does. It's beyond us. We've All taught, right. the, the culture teaches that the answers lie within. Well, unless the Holy Spirit's in there, not really. <laughs> the answers don't lie within. We find the answers revealed to us from without. It's, well, God's I'm... revealed himself to us and told us this is the standard. This is who you're supposed to be. And if you're not, you may understand now 
why yeah. you're in this we've position, but so, how do you move past it? I'm we've sorry, gotten go so into these labels is what I feel like you're saying. Yeah. So back in our day, it was the ADHD thing. Everybody and their brother was ADHD. That was explained. Well, but that was some sort of ex- explanation as to why this child misbehaved or this child you know, didn't listen or didn't pay attention or whatever, these things. Now, as adults, well, we, yeah, we either have to have something to manage that, some kind of medicine or something, or at least it's an excuse. It's some sort of disabled excuse, you know, if we get this. And these days, it feels like it's everybody's got anxieties or panic attacks. Everybody has this or that issue, you know, um, those are the ones I hear a lot or whatever. Well, that's great that you understand that about yourself, but what are you going to do to deal with it? Does that mean that you hide in a corner, you you know, decide, well, I've got these anxieties, so I'm going to have to uh, go into myself and come over here and be a hermit and whatever. Or are you going to figure out how to overcome those? Are you going to find answers such as, I have a really couple of scriptures that since I was a little girl, I was taught not to be anxious. Mm-hmm. And meaning... I was literally taught, don't worry about this situation. There's a couple different examples of that in Matthew um, chapter six. It's about not worrying about what you're going to eat or drink or how you're going to, what you're going to wear. That God takes care of the birds, won't he take care of you? And in fact, even the very hairs of your head are numbered. God knows you that well. So these are things not to be anxious about. That's saying. exactly the point, right? And then You're, there's you were taught a lesson from Jesus in the scripture on what it looks like to be mature. A mature person isn't anxious about these things. So when you find yourself consider, in a moment like that and you're now anxious yeah. about this thing, maturity would also say that you can say, "Wait, why am I anxious about something God has clearly told me not to be anxious about?" Yeah, I and guess then to maturity maybe back but, and say but I don't think I dis I disagree with you. I think maturity is a great idea. I think that's overrated. I think it's faith because I think faith of a child. Jesus says that we're going to have, if we're going to come to him, we're going to have to have faith like a child. Which means that's not maturity. <laughs> that's legit. Just trust. And I well, think there are times where, um, and, and emotional intelligence. I think is what you're saying. If we know that about ourselves, we understand those things. We also know that here I've got some answers. I've been given answers. I can trust in the God who made me. He He loves me. He's going to supply my needs according to his riches and glory. There's things about the scripture that directly apply to those things. And when I go to him for answers, who better to supply those things for me than the okay. God who created so me? So let's define maturity for a second, because what you've said, everything you've said, doesn't disagree with how I would define maturity. What is What do you think I'm saying, or what do you think maturity is? so that we can make sure we're on the same page here. Well, first of all, I want to pronounce it maturity. Tur, tur. We've always thought that was kind of cute about our... (laughs) Elijah was making fun of the other day. Did you hear that? No, Never mind. Um, That was funny. Potato, potato, (laughs) tomato, tomato. (laughs) Maturity, maturity. Well, so I think when I think the word maturity, (laughs) I think grown up. You know, it makes you think... um, having had the experiences so now i'm mature i know exactly how to handle this or that situation that's what makes me think Mm -hmm. i'm i feel like it doesn't have to be that especially in this conversation it does not have to be that that it's like you're old and so now you know how to behave but it does feel like it would need to have been experienced so i think that's what i'm trying to say when jesus said the faith of a child um 
meaning that we come to him trusting and understanding just like a child does to a parent right. that we don't have to understand everything that Which, we don't have to enough, see a big perspective on things we right. just know that person that mother or dad loves us and and is trustworthy right. so we can come to them but oddly enough what that is maturity that to, to be able to trust in proper old. authority is maturity um, mm. because i think of ephesians 4:13 for we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with a stature measured by Christ Jesus. Oh, well, that's a good okay. one. I like that one. Um, and then you've got Hebrews 5.14, for the solid food is for the mature, for those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and okay. evil. So you're talking about maturity. There's We're talking the about the idea of being able to, like I said earlier, stop your emotional self. Stop your inner man yeah. from acting in inner foolishness, for bringing your inner foolishness. David, I quoted earlier, who said his heart was crushed. He was overwhelmed. Job said the same thing. He said, my heart is crushed within me. You know, to, to, be, to be depressed, but then to act out in such a way to where you just, is you self-harm or harm others because you're coming out of it, then so, you're not mature. You're acting in a very emotionally unstable, that instability yeah, is flooding out on everyone. So maturity is someone who's, you know... A stature measured by Christ. Christ okay. didn't blow up. I mean, he turned tables over once, but it was that was deliberate. It was very evident. Well, and when you deliberate. said that scripture, it said training. Say mm -hmm. that part again. It says we uh, that all these things are being taught to us. Ephesians um, four is telling us. He says until we all reach full maturity. Um, excuse me. Until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with a stature measured by Christ. Now, the Hebrews quote, maybe where you're looking at, solid food is for the mature whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. Okay, that's what I wanted to say. So the training, this is what we were saying again about little ones. We train them when they're very young to start distinguishing their own, really their own personal and selfish behavior versus listening and obeying someone else. We also train them what is right and wrong. We train them how to behave in a given situation. So training is a, a big deal and i don't know if we when we will draw this one to a close but um we had talked about we might talk about uh what we should be afraid of mm -hmm. and i think this subject goes well into that because it it's the whole point of understanding what is right and how we're gonna uh how we're gonna react in a difficult situation in a, a true fearful situation is all about training it's all about teaching ourselves or allowing, not teaching ourselves, but allowing ourselves to be taught by those who love us and particularly by God who's growing us up into maturity like that scripture said um, in unity of what what is really the response we should have when we are afraid or when we are in, in dire circumstances, when we are in tragic circumstances even. Well, I think, okay, so, so I'm going to talk about identity in, in relationship to this a little bit because I think maturity, the world, what the world seems to teach us is if we know ourselves better, then it's, it kind of begins and ends there. We, we want to react and act nicely to the world, but in the, you know, to the people around mm -hmm. us. But in the end of the day, if we're okay and we know who we are, then, then that's okay. But... <laughs> The, the biblical mandate or the biblical teaching is that we not only want to know who know ourselves better, we want to know ourselves better as we relate to our community so that we can be a positive um, contributor to that community, not a, a negative and destructive Absolutely. influence on the community. Yeah. So that brings us to how do we know who we are? And a better word for that rather than just emotional, the inner man, is what informs the inner man 
And the Bible tells us that, that our inner man is informed by our creator. <laughs> and so for us to be able to know who we truly are, we have to know who we truly are in relationship to something that has a greater authority or greater, um, greater uh, understanding of who we are. And in that case, if, the Jer- if Jeremiah's um, correct in saying that the man is, you know, the heart's deceitful, who can understand it? Well, there is one person that can understand it. Yep. And that's Jesus. And so for me, well, my identity has to come from a place that is stable, a place that's mature and complete. And, you know, we looked at that passage, mature and complete, a stature measured by Christ Jesus. I have to become a man who now begins to measure myself on that external standard, mm-hmm. not an internal understanding of how I'm wired, but an external standard of how I'm intended to be and function in this world. What's my purpose? Why am I here? Mm-hmm. Well, and the fact that the way you just said the way he sees you, I think that's what it sounds like to me, the way um, he measures us. So how does he measure it? Again, he just said, come to me like a child, or I was just quoting that. He measures us based on our trust in him and our ability to lean on him in the things we don't understand and the things we don't even, uh, things we don't understand about ourselves even in those those situations. So maturity says that I'm not going to, understand everyone around me i'm not going to get exactly how to interact with so and so and personality wise they're going to be different than me and there's you know differences between men and women or whatever maturity says these things are all true but i'm going to lean on him in this minute and i'm going to as he leads me i'm going to respond and i'm going to have his his nature in front of me so that i can in a sense kind of hide in that not not relying on my own ability to react correctly, I guess. <laughs> so how do we do that? How do we, how do we come people who can recognize what's happening in our inner man, mm-hmm. our heart, and um, grasp it, control it? So I, I can still remember a long, long time ago telling a man who's sitting across the table said, "I can't stop. You know, I just get angry." And I said, well, "What do you do before you get angry? Where do you, when do you make <laughs> the decision to get angry?" He says, "I don't make a decision to get angry." I was like, "Yeah, you make a decision somewhere in there. You decide. Right? Do I get angry or do I don't? It may be in the hair's breadth of a second, but how and when do you do that?" And he insisted that he didn't for a while. Then he just kind of started thinking about it. He goes, "Well, I guess I am." And he started working on it. And over time, mm-hmm. he was no longer just losing his temper. Even recently, in our own. Um, family, we've had a young man that that's gone through a similar transformation that has learned that yeah. I'm completely have the I have. Do you, where do you go from having to from not having authority over your own feelings to taking authority? Where does that come from? How do you nurture that in you? That's a really good question. I don't know. One of one of the things I've always been taught, and I think the scripture says it too: to not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but to consider mm. that that humbling yourself and, and being um, the same as everyone around you is going to remind you that that first of all there's probably not as much to be angry about as you think there is but also that you can consider what's going on with others right now rather than just just you and you can that can kind of temper the thoughts um, I thought of a passage in Second Corinthians that tells us to take those thoughts that we are having and put them under obedience to Christ because he's the one who had a perfect view of life and he had a perfect response to life. But backing up in that same passage, it's 2 Corinthians 10, 
um, verse 3, For although we are walking in the flesh, we don't wage war in a fleshly way, since the weapons that we fight with aren't flesh, but they're powerful through God to demolish the strongholds. And obviously to me the strongholds are the things that we have built up that we think are true. And, and in, in the sense like this heart is deceitful thing to realize that probably most of the things we think about legitimately about life or the way we view things is probably wrong. So there's strongholds that we've got to get torn down. Um, we demolish arguments and every high-minded thing that raises us up against, itself up against the knowledge of God, taking those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And then we're going to be ready to punish our... It says to punish disobedience once your, disobe- once your obedience is complete. I think to me that in this moment and in this context can say, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to take into consideration where I'm being obedient, where I'm not right now. You know, where am I listening to what Jesus would um, would say is appropriate right now? In, in other words, am I am I lofting myself, or am I? Does any of this matter right now? That's one thing I think. As you mature and just age, too, you start to realize some of this stuff doesn't even matter. It's not worth fighting over. It's legitimately not even worth getting angry over. Right. But if you consider what's obedient to Christ right now, well, well, first of all, I'm going to consider this person and I, I'm going to want to love them. So I'm going to figure out what it is, what it means to love them. Sometimes it may be letting them blow up at me because maybe that, that in that m- instance, and I will not say I'm very good at it, all that, all that great at it myself, but I know, and I've seen it where someone needs to blow up at you, but you know, they're not blowing up at you. You know, that right. the anger that's coming out it's of coming it from somewhere not, else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or at something else. Exactly. So if you can be in that sense, mature enough to just be okay with it for the moment and then get to the heart of whatever's really hurting that person or whatever is really disturbing, of making them afraid or making, you know, and usually it's a relationship thing. Usually it really is something that needs to be brought together and cared about, but it's usually not quite as extreme as it may seem at that moment. Anyway, those are ways to to think about it and get it under control and get it under obedience because God's the only one that really knows what's truly going on with with someone else and how you can love them. Um, I was reading, well, first off, I want to comment on your first, the first verse you quoted, Romans 12, one, in, 1 through 3, because he says more in that passage, and so I looked it up real quick. He says, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. So the first thing he's saying is you take yourself and you be willing to lay yourself. You you talk, you use the word to humble ourselves before others. So we are to be oh. living sacrifices. Yeah, that that means to thinking, to but... to kill ourselves, mortify ourselves before God and say, I'm not the important one in the moment, which means that you're thinking first about someone else mm-hmm. and then not about yourself. And this, and he's saying in his passage, first to keep, make a sacrifice before God, make a sacrifice before God. Um, he says, so he's saying, don't be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what the good, pleasing and perfect will of God is. So again, we're discerning not what I feel, not my inner man, but what God feels about a situation, what his man is. So then he says, for the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think, period. Now, that's not saying you don't, you're not a part of the equation. You should think of yourself, right. but you should think of yourself properly. I think it was C.S. Lewis that said, um, humility is not um, thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. <laughs> and and so really to, to, to bear that in mind. And then he says, instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one, which is also leaving room for us to say, well, we're not all there yet. We have measures. And then he breaks it down into the body and how that all works out. 
But um, I think it's it's interesting there that he's telling us that to do that, we, sh- we need to understand that we're looking to be changed, to be transformed, and to do that, that transformation has to happen by sacrificing ourselves and what we think is right and what we think is mm-hmm. important, our emotions and how we feel in the moment. Yeah. All of those things have to be laid to waste. That's right. Yeah, because when I like the word sensibly there, instead think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. In other words, all of us are growing, all of us are trying to learn, and most of us are striving to understand faith or to understand how to how to grow in those moments. And so that's some keys to it. I think. Well, and then you also reference take every thought captive, right? Mm-hmm. So again, there's this this reality that you're aware enough. You're not thinking of yourself first. You're thinking of other people first, which means when you have a thought, you're concerned about the other person already. That's that's in front, right? Not your thought, but that person's that person is your first concern. So you're not just going to say something damning to that person. You're not just going to say something that's okay. painful to that person because you're you're concerned for that person first, not for yourself. This what does James tell us? The reason we have arguments and wars and fights because we mm-hmm. don't get our own way. We don't get what because we're thinking of ourselves first so whenever i'm the most important person in the room a battle will ensue (laughs) whenever you feel that i'm important there won't be a battle because you're gonna gonna consider me but it's not for me to demand that some of that uh, another good quote was show me a man who has rights and i'll show you an angry man uh (laughs) well and the bible says submit to one another in love that's exactly what it's talking about submitting to the understanding that there's somebody else here has needs as well, not just mine. <laughs> so there's some submission on all sides here that probably ought to happen. Yeah. Well, we're coming. We're coming to the end of this particular um, subject matter today. So I want to want to wrap it up. I, and I think one of the things we could say is, what is it? Um, what is emotional intelligence? What is emotional maturity? And if I were to sum it up, and you tell me if you think it's good for what we've been talking about, is knowing that our our identity, who we are, doesn't come from how we feel. It comes from who Jesus says that we are. It's our identities in Christ. And in that case, we don't look to inside ourselves for an understanding. We look to him for understanding, which enables us then yeah. to take captive the crazy in us. That's right. So that I we'll treat other people welcomely, in, in, welcomingly, lovingly. An end illustration. When you look in your mirror, all you're going to see is yourself. And we call that vanity. We also call it, you know, the mirror itself a vanity. vanity. Yeah, exactly. We look at the Bible, we're going to become what image we really ought to be, which is the image of God. So the Bible being the mirror that we need is is better to stare at, I guess that's what I'm thinking. The more you stare, whatever it is you're staring at, that's probably what you're going to become. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't just jump right off of that one onto something else, but I won't. Mm-hmm. We're just going to call it quits right there today. I want to thank you guys for um, tuning in and we're going to tune out and uh, and talk about, I think we're going to talk about fear next time. And uh, but we're so we're so glad that you chose to join us. All two and a half of you. We're going to assume that there's a half a person out there somewhere thinking about coming. At least up, a baby a in the background. A baby, yeah. If you're that half a person, then please comment in the sections below because I wanted to sound like I'm a real YouTuber and tell you there are comment sections there. <laughs> yeah, in the there. YouTube. In the YouTube. And the there's no pop-up windows. I can do this, and then there'll be no pop-up windows. Anyway, all that being said, thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you next time on Ask Mom and Dad. Thanks, Tanya. I keep on-